Thank you for being here and welcome to Genesis. And I do echo what Jillian said and hope that you will make this your home. If you don't have a faith family, we hope that we can be that for you. And I want to let you know if this is your first time here at Genesis and you're not sure what it's about, we want to let you know you're welcome here. Whatever you believe, you're welcome here. And we will, of course, try and share with you the things we believe, but we are not going to demean you and what you believe ever. Okay, and so we want you to know that this can be a family for you, and we hope that we will be that for you all. And so with that said, we are going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. That's what Easter is about. And, you know, it's one of those things where every year... You talk about the same thing, right? I mean, what, what else? It's Easter. You, you're going to have to talk about that. And I had a, a friend of mine who cuts my hair as I was there and I was talking to her about Easter. And she goes, you know, I kind of grew up in church and, you know, it's kind of the same thing. You know, every Easter they talk about Jesus rising from the dead. And I go, yeah, like, but it's kind of important, you know. It's kind of a, a, a big deal. And I was just thinking about... You know, when I was a kid, I used to read these books over and over again. Uh, does anyone remember the book Go Dog Go? Okay, I'm going back. Remember that? I love that book. I, I yeah, I mean, I just sit there and stare at the pictures. <laughs> That's about all I've read since then. Uh, and so it would be a book I'd read over and over again. Or the same thing with movies. There are certain movies you watch over and over again. And, and it could be, you know, anything from something dramatic. Maybe it's a gladiator or, you know, The Last Samurai. Or it could be Nacho Libre. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> something that you enjoy over and over again and you actually anticipate oh i love this part i love this part and you start laughing before it happens because you're like oh this is great this is great and it's like why do you watch it you've already seen it but you see seeing it again helps you experience it again and so many times in life what we really need is to experience what is being said and not just have a a knowledge about it And so I hope that this morning as we go over this story of resurrection again, that it won't just be something we we think about, but it will be something that we can experience and try and understand what was taking place there at that time and allow it to take place in our own hearts as well. And we're going to look at two passages. We're going to start in John chapter 11. And this is the passage where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. But it starts off with some drama because Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick. And so they send for him, but he delays. He says, well, let's wait. And then they find out that he's actually dead, that Jesus waited too long. In fact, he's been dead for four days now. And we'll start in verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Sounds a little passive aggressive, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like, Lord, if you were here, things wouldn't be like they are. And I just want to try and feel the emotion of what's taking place. Has God ever showed up late for you? Come on, you can be honest. Okay, I no, I'm not supposed to. He's always on time. No, there's sometimes where it just seems like God is late. 
I needed the answer yesterday. You weren't there yesterday. You weren't there four days ago. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But it goes on, it says, but I know, verse 22, that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Now that's a, a, a gripping verse because that is a faith of possibility, a, a faith that something can change. Even now, I still believe that whatever you ask, God's going to give to you. In verse 23, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives and believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And so now he presents this question, but this is one of those questions where if Jesus was to ask me or probably you this question, I would think, which one do you want me to answer? Because you said two here, right? Does anyone else catch that besides me? Okay, whoever believes in me, even though they die, they'll live. Okay, so if I die, I'll live. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Which is it? Am I going to live and never die, or am I going to die and then live? Do you believe this? Which one? And Jesus is always doing stuff like this. He's always messing with our minds. He's trying to, to get us to think different. There, there's something going on here that he's trying to convey that I naturally just don't see it at first. I, I, I try to understand it and say, well, if I... I live, I won't die, or if I die, I'll live. Which is it? And he seems to be leading us somewhere else. She says, yes, Lord. So I guess she understood, but I don't. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who has come into the world. So really, she didn't stay on track. She goes, well, yeah, I believe this. And after she said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still in the place where Martha Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And there it is again. Lord, this is where I am stuck. This is where the story ends for me. If you were here, this wouldn't have happened, but now it's done. Verse 33, Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept, notice the past tense, this man from dying? Jesus once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. The Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there four days. 
Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to him, take off his grave clothes and let him go. So many powerful things in this story, but what I think gripped me the most as I was reading it again was the finality that was there for the sisters. If you had been here, you could have kept him from dying. Isn't the one who, who healed the blind could have kept him from going and dying? And why wasn't he here sooner if you had only been here? And so many times in our lives, it seems like things are done. You, you've made a mistake and there's just no getting away from it. There's no turning the clock back. You, you've done something, you've said something, and now it's too late. So many times in our life, we, we put a period and say, this is it. You, you find out you are diagnosed with cancer, and, and you say, this is it. This is where my life ends, and, and you see the end, and you wonder, why couldn't things have been different? God, why didn't you show up? And we put a period there, and God shows up and says, it's not over. And raising Lazarus from the dead just changes everything. It really does. This is a game changer. This is where there is an event where, well, if you can do that, things are different. And now all the things that I've believed and all the things that I've held onto that held me just get blown out. And all of a sudden now my mind has to think beyond what it's used to. Okay, so maybe now when he says, if you live and believe in me, you will never die, he, he's talking about a, a different kind of life. And maybe if you die and believe in me, you will still live. Maybe there is a life that is more than this life. Maybe there is not a period here, but maybe my life is meant to continue on. And you see, I don't need a resurrection that was in the past. I need a resurrection today. I need help today. I need you to show up in my life today. I need you to make the change that is necessary for me in whatever way that looks like today. I don't need a God of yesterday who did things yesterday. I need a God now. I need a God to help with the things I'm dealing with now. I need a God who can help with my cousin who's dying of cancer now. I need a God who can show up in the life of my children who are struggling now. I need a God who can help me through the difficulties I face now. And is this true? Is this real today because if it's not I don't want to watch the movie again if it's not I don't want to see 
the story again. But if it is, then I want to listen. We're going to watch a short video and I'll be back and talk a little bit more. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? There's another passage in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, that I want to share. And this is after Jesus' own resurrection. And what I find amazing is that in spite of all the things that have happened that Jesus has done, even the raising of Lazarus from the dead, when Jesus is crucified, they don't know what to believe. And all the accounts of the Gospels vary a little bit, which I find comforting, actually, because that sounds a lot like life, especially if it's a very exceptional event. You know, if there's something tremendous that happens, you don't get the exact same perspective from every person. Everyone sees it differently. And that's what we get in the Gospels. And also what I find interesting is the women that are involved in each of the accounts. And the reason that that's so interesting is because at that culture and in that time, women couldn't even testify in court. Don't get mad at me. It was that time, okay? That's just how it used to be. So why would these writers state that the women are the first to see? Well, because that's how it happened. And here in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 1, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They're going to give their respects to Jesus. And I wonder what I would be feeling after following this man for three years and in the hopes that he was going to deliver not only a nation but myself, and then he dies, I think I'd be a little bit bummed. I think I'd be a little bit, like, feeling upset. Like, how could you lead us on and not fulfill what you said you were going to do? But they're faithful. They come and they go to the tomb. They found the stone, in verse 2, rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wandering about, wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, which is always a good thing to do when men look like lightning are standing next to you, okay? Just a little cue. If that happens to you, I'd bow down too. So they bowed down to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Here's another one of those questions. How would you answer that? How do you, why are you looking for the living among the dead? I'd probably say, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I was looking for the dead among the dead, because that's usually what you find at a place where people are dead. 
and here's Jesus messing with my mind again. You know, some things you just expect to be the same. And the cemetery is kind of one of those things. Everything's in its place. Everything has a place, right? They're not up moving around, changing graves. You know where to go because that's where you went last time. And this question, why do you look for the living among the dead? All of a sudden changes their perception. Well, I wasn't expecting this. And they go on and they said, he is not here, verse 6. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you. The Son of Man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. You see, there's times where life just crushes us. There, there's times where things get so dark that we cannot see hope in front of us. And, and they were at a place where their hope in this man, Jesus, has just been crushed. He has been brutally crucified. We've seen it. It's over, period. This, this ends this chapter. And once again, God takes his eraser and takes out that period and puts a comma and says, no, I've got more to write. Don't you remember I told you about this? And why do you look for the living among the dead? You know, I think what happens is a lot of us look for life among things that are dead. We are trying to find life, but we are looking among the dead for that which is living. And so we keep coming up to the same things that struggle and beat us down and we we have this life that only goes so far and then we can't get further than that and we seem like this is it this is all i know this is all there is and i'll just make the most of what i have right here and right now and i'm trying to find life but it's among the dead and then jesus comes along and he says you know whoever lives and believes in me they'll never die And whoever dies and believes in me will live. And why do you look for the living among the dead? There is life to be had that I can offer. There is more to your life than just existing. And resurrection blows the doors off of what we think. And if you don't believe in resurrection, okay, I can, I can respect that. This is a difficult thing to grasp hold of. I can understand that. That's why we see such extreme things happening. That's why we see them freaking out when they see Jesus. And they're afraid to ask, is it really him? How could they not know it's really him? Because he was dead and now he's back. You ask him. You touch him. I'm not going to touch him. (laughs) Thomas, look here and see. A spirit doesn't have flesh and bone as I have. And we see in the disciples the same fear, the same 
skepticism that we would have. The same resistance to embrace something that is beyond our ability to understand because this changes everything. And it's meant to. And so this morning, are you looking for living among the dead? Or do you need to start look for the life that can keep us from dying? This morning, are, are you at a place where you feel like there is a period and hope is gone? Because this is the life that I have to live and it's involving this illness, it's involving this financial crisis, it's involving this struggled relationship, it's involving, you, you fill in the blanks what it is. You know, what makes every great movie and every great story is tension. It's the struggle where our hero might die, where they always lose their wife for some reason, but he goes on and lives beyond what his potential is because there is the death, the struggle, the breaking that then produces something more. There was the crucifixion and then there is the resurrection. There is your life and it is meant to come to a place where God produces something more. And Jesus' words are meant to challenge us. If you believe in me, you will never die. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? What are we going to do with this story? How is this story supposed to change our lives? What if it's true? Then it changes everything. And God wants to change everything for us just like he did for Carissa. The struggles, he doesn't stop the struggles, but he is there through them. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. I am the resurrection and the life. I am here alive now, today. I'm here for you now here in your situation. Do you believe this? Don't stop short of the life God has for you. Because there is so much more. Let's pray. Father, I am not used to finding the living among the dead. I am not used to people who are dead coming back to life. But Lord, you do things that I'm not used to. You do things out of the norm and I have seen you transform people.
that were dead and have given them life. I have seen you help me through the struggles and you help me still. And Lord, you are here today alive still. This isn't a story about what happened. This is a story about what is happening today. And God, we often think if if we could just see you physically, then we would have all our questions answered. Then we could believe. But even the disciples saw you and still doubted. Because this is not what we're used to. But God, what you are wanting to do is write a better story for our lives. You're helping us to find life among the death. You are here to give us a life that transcends what we have known and experienced. You want us to engage in a relationship that's dynamic with you, that you would actually speak to our own hearts in our lives, that you would say to us, don't be afraid, that you would say to us, trust in me, that you would say to us, believe. And Lord, this morning I believe that you are speaking because you are always speaking. And I pray that our ears are able to hear what you would say. I pray that our hearts would be open to a life that is new, a life that is given by you. And may we open our lives to that truth and may it transform us and change us. May we run from this place like the women ran from the tomb and told the disciples and even though they didn't believe, everything was changed. May we run from here and say, God cares Jesus is alive. My God weeps when I hurt. My God works in my life through the struggle. My God hears my voice and answers. God is not absent. He is alive. And may the excitement of this moment fill our hearts even though we've heard this story before. May we hear it again and may we be filled with hope. May we be overwhelmed with emotion with a God who lives and who loves. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.